0: And I had to be really careful making my way out here through the cactus and the rocks, It's crazy. Anyways, hey, thank you so much for joining us this morning at South Bay Community Church. I'm Gary Shiohama, one of the pastors here. And for all of you who are watching online, I know a lot of you watch us online all over the country and the world for that matter. So we're so glad you're out there. And for those of you who are also under the tent, we're, uh, we're so glad you're here. So it is good to be back. Um, In the pulpit after being away for more than a month, Uh, for those of you who weren't aware, I was one of the speakers at the Gems Mount Hermon family camp in Santa Cruz a few weeks ago. And so much of my time leading up to the camp was spent preparing the five messages that I had to deliver, uh, which is why you didn't see me up here. And uh, it was really great. It was really wonderful to be back at Mount Hermon after more than 40 years away. The last time that I was there was in 1982 as a cabin counselor for the high school camp. So that was 40 years ago that uh, I was last there. And so, hey, if you're joining us for the first time, I just want you to know that we've been in a series here uh, called What We Believe. And what we've been doing is we've been teaching you uh, some of the core tenets of scripture, starting with who God is and who Jesus is and the Holy Spirit and so on and so forth. And And we're still on the subject of the Holy Spirit. And um, what I wanted to do today was begin this message by sharing with you how I opened my final message at Mount Hermon. I'm not gonna give you that final message, but I wanna give you the beginning of it and how I opened that message because it really does pertain to our gathering here today. You know, in 1982, that was the last time, again, I was at Mount Hermon, there was only one mass shooting that year in which eight people were killed in Miami, Florida. This year, in 2022, there have already been more than 300 mass shootings in our country in which nearly 400 people have died. In 1982, there were zero pornographic websites. Today, there are more than 4.2 million such sites, including more than 100,000 websites uh, that offer child pornography. According to one statistic I read, 84% of 14 to 18 year old males, I want you to get that. 84% of 14 to 18 year old males and 57% of 14 to 18 year old females have already been exposed to porn online. That means if you have a high schooler, odds are they have already viewed porn online. And if you didn't know this, the average age of a young person's first exposure exposure to porn is 11 years old. That's the average age. So much has changed in 40 years. In 1982, marriage was between one man and one woman. Today, same-sex marriage is the law of the land and you can marry whoever you want. In 1982, there was only male and female, man or woman, boy or girl. Today there is LGBTQIA. There is non-binary, binary, gender, binary, intersex, butch, demi boy, demigirl, agender, pangender, bigender, gender queer, cisgender, gender expansive, gender fluid, and a whole lot more. And it it's mind-boggling. And if it's mind-boggling to me and to us, can you imagine what it does to the mind of a young person? In 1982, there was no such thing as drive-by shootings or high-speed car chases or carjackings or follow-home robberies or smash-and-grab robberies or cyberbullying or sex stings or sextortions or identity theft or elder fraud or email phishing scams. But in 2022, all of these criminal activities are commonplace in America. In 1982, pot was illegal. Today, it is legal and cannabis stores are sprouting up everywhere. Someone who teaches high school in the Palace Verde School District told me that the latest craze is that students get high with their parents. Smoking pot has become a family affair. That's what he told me. And if you thought that was bad, in 2020, our neighbor to the north, Oregon, legalized all hard drugs, including heroin, cocaine, methamphetamines, LSD, Oxycontin, and more. Made it legal. And now other states are looking to do the same. In 1982, Ronald Reagan, a Republican, was president of the United States, and Tip O'Neill, a Democrat, was Speaker of the House. And even though they were political rivals, they were friends. They agreed to disagree. Do we have that picture? There we are. And today, today, if someone disagrees with you, They hate you, and they'll even cancel you. In 1982, faith was riding high in America. Churches were booming, and here we are 40 years later, and churches are dying. They're dying dying at an alarming rate in 2020 alone. I don't have statistics for last year, but in 2020, 4,000 churches in America closed their doors for good, never to reopen. That's an average of more than 333 churches every month, 10 a day, more than 10 a day. Fewer people today identify themselves as Christ followers and according, and it's been reported that more people have fallen away from the church in the last two years than ever before. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out that things are worse than they've ever been. They've never been this bad. The state of our families, the state of our schools, the state of our communities, the state of our city, the state of our nation, the state of our state, the state of our churches It's never been as bad as it is today. And the reason why things are worse today than they were 40 years ago in 1982 is because people are worse today than they were 40 years ago. And the reason why people are worse today than they were 40 years ago is because they have moved further and further and further away from God. And the further people move away from God, the worse they become, which is why who we are and what we do matters. And who are we and what do we do? Well, we are God's children, we are part of his family and together we are the church. And as the church, we are the salt of the earth and we are the light of the world. And armed with the gospel, the church is the only hope that this world has. I hope you understand that. We're the only hope that this world has if we are armed with the gospel, which is why today's message is important just as every message in this series has been important. And as I said, the focus of our message the last few weeks has been, has been on the Holy Spirit. And we learned that the Holy Spirit has given us at least one spiritual gift. We learned that a couple of weeks ago. He's given one, at least one spiritual gift. And the reason he gave us that gift was not so that we can do something with ourselves, but it, he gave us a gift so we might build others up. In other words, Pastor James reminded us of this two weeks ago. The spiritual gifts you were given were not for you, but they were for others. It's meant that you would use your gift to build others up. But here's the problem. First, a lot of people don't even realize that they've been given a gift. Second, if they know that they have a gift, they may not know what that gift is. And third, if they know what that gift is, they may not be using it. And so there are problems all the way around when it comes to the spiritual gifts. And that's not okay because if there was ever a time when the church needs to know what its gifts are and they're using it today's that day. If there was ever time, now is the time. And so today what I wanna do is unpack for you what some of the gifts are so that you will know what your gift uh, is And before I do that, I've asked Pastor or not Pastor, I've asked Sir Francis uh, to come up here and lead us in prayer. Sir Francis, as he's coming out, Sir Francis is not a pastor in our church, but he's been part of our church for many, many years. He should be a pastor. And uh, he's originally from Ghana by way of Europe, speaks fluent, whatever they speak in Ghana, right? And, uh, And speaks fluent Italian. Sir Francis is his real name. That's not his name because he was knighted by Queen Elizabeth. But that's the name his mama gave him, and there is no space between Sir and Francis. It's one name. He serves on our tech um, team ministry and our security team, and he loves to pray. And so I've asked him to open up our time in a word of prayer. All right? So will you just uh, join us in prayer?
1: Let us pray. believing God for what he's going to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this morning, O oh God, not by our strength or by our knowledge, but by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Whatever is going on in this world, the darkness of oh God, I pray that you use your servant Gary, O oh God, to bring light. Prepare the mind and the heart. Let us receive your word. Out of his berry, let it flow rivers of living water. We quench every negative spirit of the devil right now in the name of Jesus. As your word comes through your seventh mouth, I pray that God, it will go and accomplish the purpose why you send the word, O oh God. Let it liberate us, O oh God, from all kinds of chronic and situation, disease, O oh God. I pray every situation of each and every one will be silenced by your glory. That at the end your children, we will say your name be praised. We thank you, O God, and we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you. We can go home now. Go see you later. <laughs> Wasn't that great? I I just love I love it when I when Sir Francis prays. Okay, so if you buy your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, all right? And so at home, grab a, grab a Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and if you have a pad of paper, pull that out so that you can take some notes. You can always snap some pictures of, of the screen uh, if you wanna carry that with you, and then you can also follow us on our app. You know, there are several passages in the Bible that tell us about what the different spiritual gifts are. Several passages. And you can actually, if you look at all, look at all of them, you can actually categorize them into three different groups. You can put them into three general categories. Not in any order. I'm going to give you the three categories. All right. The first category is what I call the sign gifts. All right. Category one, sign gifts. Sign gifts were miraculous in nature and they authenticated or, or they confirmed a spiritual truth. i put that up here for you. Sign gifts confirmed a spiritual truth, and we, we see the use of sign gifts all throughout the scriptures to do exactly that to authenticate or to validate or to confirm truth. Let me give you three examples. First, when God called Moses to go to Egypt to free his people from 400 years of captivity, Moses was afraid that the people wouldn't listen to him. If you remember that story, and so God gave him a staff. And remember what that staff would do? Would turn it would turn into a serpent. And as soon as Moses threw it down on the ground, that staff would turn into a serpent. And it served to authenticate who Moses was. And then God appeared to him in a burning bush that he came to set the Israelites free. Take a look at Exodus chapter 4, starting in verse 4. It says, but the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. He's referring to the serpent. Catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it. And it became a staff in his hand that they may believe, and here's why, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. And so this was a miraculous sign that God gave Moses. and was given to him that the people might believe, a sign gift. Second, Jesus' miracles, another example of sign gifts, which authenticated and confirmed who he was. In John five, Jesus said of himself, but the testimony that I have is greater than that of John for the works that the father has given me to accomplish the very works that I am doing. Bear witness about me that the father has sent me. Notice the words bear witness highlighted for you. Bear witness in the Greek means to testify or to give evidence of. In other words, Jesus was saying the signs and wonders and the miracles that he performed bore witness to the fact that he was God. It testified to the fact that he was in fact deity. Third, some of the spiritual gifts that we're going to look at today were also sign gifts, which authenticated the work of the Holy Spirit in the early church. Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 44, says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message and the circumcised believers. The, the circumcised believers would have been the Jewish believers, Jew, Jewish, Jews who became uh, Christians who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the holy spirit had been poured out even on gentiles for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising god you see the the gift of tongues authenticated the fact that the holy spirit had come even to gentiles and that's what this passage is about and so this first category of spiritual gifts would be the sign gifts, That's, these are the sign gifts. And if you, if you wanna know what the sign gifts are, they're found, they're mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So I ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse nine. And I highlighted the gifts for you, but it says in verse nine, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing, that's the first one, by the spirit, to another working of miracles, that's another one, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, that's another one, and to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And so the sign gifts that are listed in this passage are healing, working of miracles, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. That's the first category of spiritual gifts. Second category of spiritual gifts are what I call speaking gifts. Speaking gifts enable people to proclaim God's truth. All right, you can write that one down. There are five Uh, gifts that fall into this category. First three are found in Romans chapter 12. So if you keep your finger in 1 Corinthians 12, turn to the left, you come to Romans chapter 12. Keep your finger there because we're gonna come back to that in a second. But here's what it says in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse six, and I highlighted... The speaking gifts, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to, to us, let us use them if prophecy, there's the first one, in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches, there's a second uh, speaking gift. In his teaching, in verse 8, the one who exhorts, that's the third one in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, okay? So according to this passage, the first speaking gift uh, is is prophecy. Second one is teaching and the third one is exhortation. And then there are two more found in first Corinthians chapter 12. So go back to the right to first Corinthians chapter 12. And it says here for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom. That's another one and the, to another the utterance of knowledge. That's the other one according to the same spirit. The utterance of wisdom or the word of wisdom and the utterance of knowledge or the word of knowledge. So these are the five speaking gifts. And finally, uh, the remaining spiritual gifts that are listed in the scriptures can be placed in a third category, which I refer to as the serving gifts. These would be the serving gifts. And I'm going to put a chart up here for you in a second that lists all these so you can see this. But the serving gifts are designed to meet a need. Serving gifts are designed to meet a need. And five of them, there are seven of them all together, but five of them are listed in Romans chapter 12. Let's flip back over to Romans chapter 12. Keep your finger in 1 Corinthians 12. Verse six says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service, that's the first one highlighted in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes, that's the second one, in generosity, the one who leads, there's the third one with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, there's the fourth one with cheerfulness. And to another faith, that's the fifth one, by the same spirit. So again, according to this passage, the serving gifts are serving, giving, leading, mercy and faith. And then there are two more serving gifts found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. Flip back over to the right. Verse 28 says, and God has appointed the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles then gifts of healing, helping, that's the sixth one, and administrating, that's the seventh one in various kinds of tongues. So according to this passage, the sixth serving gift is helping, seventh one is administrating. Put them all together, here they are on this chart. Take a look at this, all right? These are the spiritual gifts listed in the scriptures in three different categories. And they're there the sign gifts, they're the speaking gifts, and they're serving gifts. And as you can see, there are four sign gifts, there are five speaking gifts, and there are seven serving gifts. Now, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on the sign gifts for the sake of time I wish I wish we had more time just in, but I did do a, a two-part series on the on speaking in tongues a while ago if you want to go to our YouTube channel look for that SBCC live just you know, search for tongues and you'll find it and I think that you'll be really surprised at what you learn about the gift of tongues and so I'm not gonna take time to do it today except just to reiterate that the sign gifts helped to authenticate the work of the Holy Spirit when the church was formed now, for the purpose, for our purposes today, I just want you to focus on the last two uh, categories of gifts, the speaking gifts and the serving gifts, all right? Well, let me start with the speaking gifts, all right? The first gift in this category is prophecy, which we'll highlight for you, okay? It's prophecy, which is found in Romans 12, verse six, and 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10. Now, the Greek word for prophecy is prophetia. Prophetia, it's a compound word, It's made up of two words, the word pro, which means before, and the Greek word fami, which means to speak. If you put the two together, pro plus fami, it means to speak before. Therefore, propheteia, or prophecy, means to speak before an audience. It means to speak before an audience or to publicly proclaim God's word. That's what prophecy is. It is to publicly proclaim God's word. All this points to the fact that prophecy was a communication gift or a speaking gift. Now, prophecy can foretell, can refer to foretelling the future, but its general meaning is to seek, speak forth God's word. And I think it would be accurate to say that Pastor Greg and I and, and the other pastors for that matter, we have this gift because we speak forth God's word. And of course, we're not the only ones and you don't need to be a pastor to speak forth God's word. But that's the a, a speaking gift. The second one is teaching. The speaking gift is teaching. And one definition I read on this gift is that it is, the teaching gift is the ability to pass on spiritual truth to others, the ability to pass on spiritual truth to others. Whereas prophecy is proclaiming truth to an audience, teaching is passing on truth even to one person through discipleship, or even two people, or three people. I mean, parents, you are a teacher in a sense when you teach your children you know, how to walk across the street or not to touch the stove when it's all this, that's a teacher, that's what teaching is. And the key to effective teaching is this, you've gotta do it in such a way that what you're teaching is received by the one who's being taught, it is received and then they're able to put it into use, good use in their lives. Now, so if you think you have the gift of teaching in the church, but you're not able to convey spiritual truth to somebody in such a way that they get it, that they are able to receive it. And it's able, and they're able to put it to good use in their life. Then you probably don't have this gift, right? And you've probably all sat under the teaching of somebody who wasn't a very good teacher. You you know, let's just face it. You probably have, right? And they weren't very good teachers because maybe they put you to sleep or maybe because they couldn't hold your attention or maybe because you didn't understand a word they said. Right? I've had teachers like that. It's like the day Mr. Bean went to church. The preacher was so boring, he had a hard time staying awake. He was a lousy teacher. And no matter how hard he tried, he tried and tried and tried, he just couldn't stay awake. And the preacher's sermon put him right to sleep. All right, so will you do me a favor? Turn to your left and turn to your right. And if the person next to you is dozing off, tell him, hey, wake up. This preacher is not that boring. All right. Would you just tell him that? You know, one of the best teachers in our church is Scott Bruckner. He leads an online Bible study on Wednesday evenings. I don't know if Scott's here today, uh, but he leads an online Bible study on Wednesday evenings. This is Scott here. Uh, his, his study is so popular in our church that there are, he averaged at least 50 people for his online, it's an online Bible study, uh, and people, there are people who belong to our church all over the world and they jump online for his Bible study. I mean, there are people in the Philippines who watch his Bible study. There are people in China who watch his Bible study. I, maybe I'm not supposed to say that. There are people all over the world who watch his Bible study, right? And if you're looking for a Bible study where you want to sink, sink your teeth into to, to the Word of God, I mean, consider joining Scott's group. And I think they're on a break right now, but they're ready to, to launch a new study starting August the 10th. And I think we'll be taking signups on that this very, very soon. And you need to sign up so that we can send you the Zoom link So you can jump in and and, uh, I think that you will really be blessed by Scott's teaching. Three other excellent teachers. Dylan Martinez, this young man right here. Dylan Martinez on the left. Calvin Chung and Kendra Jensen. They are teachers in our kids crew ministry. They are excellent teachers. In fact, all of our kids crew teachers are excellent teachers and there's so many of them I can't list them all but I thought of these three. And the reason why they are such good teachers is because they not only communicate God's truth in an understandable and relatable way to little children, they are also so very nurturing and caring of our children in and out of the classroom and in and out of church. So they are wonderful teachers. A third speaking gift is exhortation. We highlight it here on the chart. It is exhortation, it's mentioned in Romans 12 verse eight. The Greek word for exhortations is parakaleo and it means comforter, it means comforter, but it also can mean to strengthen parakaleo, to strengthen someone who is an exhorter strengthens others. That's what they do. In other words, they pump others up with their words. Someone who I believe, what did you say there? That was Mark Anderson. And someone who I believe has the gift of exhortation is Lauren Combs, our comus, who is, as you know, the director of our worship ministry up here. Lauren, she was up here just a moment ago. She pumps me up every time she leads worship, not only by her beautiful, beautiful voice, but by her example and by her, her exhortation to us to worship with everything we've got. Wouldn't you agree? She is an exhorter. I'm always ex- exhorted and encouraged when she helps lead worship. Not that the others don't, but she has a very special special way about her. Someone else with this gift and I just have to mention him is Mark Anderson, who is sitting right on, sitting right in the front row. You know him, you see him because he's in the parking lot helping out when you, he's the first guy you see when you pull up here nearly every weekend. I was first introduced to Mark many years ago at a softball game, I believe at Wilson Park. Right, Mark? I met him there, and, and the reason I went to the park to watch the game was because my wife, Cheryl, was on the, on the team. And so um, one thing I found out about Mark really quickly was that he was out there, and he's, you know, he's out there. He's got his mitt on, and he's like, come on, throw that ball. And he would start yelling at all the players, right, like, I, like my wife, Cheryl. And he would say, Cheryl for Jesus, Right. <laughs> And there's Eddie Warren going up to bed, Eddie for Jesus! He's yelling from the dugout, and then he saw me out in the, sitting in the stands, and he goes, Gary for Jesus! And I just thought, who is this guy? Well, he's Mark the Exhorter, that's who he is. And when you pull up in the parking lot, he'll greet you with the biggest smile and the warmest hug, and if he knows your name, he'll even call it out, Jolene for Jesus! You know, he'll just call it out, Rob for Jesus! So don't let him catch your name, otherwise you'll be yelling yelling it out really loud, right? Sometimes Mark will come up to me after after one of our services and with his shoulders slightly set back, with his arms dangling to the ground, he'll say to me in this this, uh, Jack Nicholson-esque tone, church was on fire today. (laughs) Just like that, right? Church was on fire today. Worship was on fire today, just like that. And you know what, when he says that to me, it just pumps me up, right? It just fires me up. He's got the gift of exhortation and I love that. And we need that in a church, don't we? Fourth speaking gift is, uh, is the utterance of knowledge or the word of knowledge, it's just found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse eight. The word of knowledge is kind of a difficult gift to, um, to, to nail down. The best definition I found was posted on gotquestions.org, which said that the word of knowledge is a special ability to understand deep spiritual truths about God. It's the special ability to understand deep spiritual truths about God. Now, I'm not sure that I know anyone who, who, who has this gift. I know a lot of teachers and I know a lot of people who have great insight in God's word, but, but then God just gives certain individuals a special insight. And my guess is that some of the, some of the great Christian thinkers had this gift, people like Martin Luther, John Calvin, Jonathan Edwards, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, John Stott, CS Lewis may have had uh, this gift, the gift of of insight into God's word. Um, Finally, the last gift on this list is the utterance of wisdom or the word of wisdom, which is found in first Corinthians 12 verse eight again. And this is the ability to take that biblical knowledge, that biblical insight and know how to apply it to your life. And you probably know people who might have this gift, people who are really wise. Maybe you're struggling and dealing with an issue and you're trying to figure out what do I do here? What does the word of God say? And what, is, what, is, what are my circumstances and what do I do? I think I'll go see so-and-so because they're really wise and they just have the ability to connect the dots because they may have the gift of the word of wisdom. And so to recap, the speaking gifts are prophecy, teaching, exhortation, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. Do you have one of these gifts? The final category of spiritual gifts are the serving gifts which are designed to meet a need. The serving gifts are designed to meet a need. And my guess is that most people's gifts fall into this category. And the first of the seven serving gifts in this list found in Romans 12:7, is serving. Serving is a serving gift, right? The word service in this passage comes from the Greek word diakonos and it literally means, in the Greek it means to kick up the dust. See, back in Jesus' day, the the roads were unpaved and dusty and the servants would run around serving their masters and they would literally kick up the dust on these unpaved roads as they were scurrying about serving their masters, whether it was going to the marketplace or whether it was going fishing or whether it was running errands. And whenever they went around doing that, they would kick up the dust and so that word came to mean or be defined as serving. And so to serve Jesus meant to kick up the dust. And that literally meant that they were willing to go wherever they needed to go and do whatever they needed to do to serve the Lord. As uh, Pastor Dan mentioned, my wife, Cheryl, has been in Uganda for the last week and Natalie didn't make the trip at the very last minute because uh, she had been exposed to somebody with COVID. And so she got a headache, had a headache for about five days and tested negative every single day. But even on the day that they were to depart, she still had a headache. So we just thought it would be better if she didn't go. And so Cheryl went on her own. After she arrived, she met with other members of the team, and and uh, the team after they got there learned about a lady who lives in learned about a lady who lives in this tiny little hut right here. She lives in this hut with her children, and they learned that whenever it rains, and it and it was raining there just the other day. Whenever it rains, water just pours right in their little abode because there's so many openings, cracks, and fissures, uh, and the water just pours right in and mosquitoes come in and the kids all get bit and, and literally every month one of them is sick with malaria. I mean, really sick with malaria. And so when the team heard about their plight, they just had to do something. So they all decided to chip in their own money. They chipped in their own money because this was not something that was budgeted. They chipped in their own money, $1,200 total. And they bought a bunch of bricks and they began building her a brick house. That was early this week. They were working on building her, I mean, literally brick by brick by brick. And a few days ago, this is what the house looked like without or the, brick, the brick house looked like without the doors and windows, which the doors and windows hadn't been put up yet, but those are gonna go up and, and they're supposed to dedicate the house and give it to her uh, here in the next day or two. You see, when they, did, when they saw a need, they just kicked up the dust and went to work. And that's what Darnell Dean did, and that's what Willie Basilio did, and Jaden Cho, and Orion, and Jennifer Chen, and Alan Hamada, and Pastor Dan, and his wife Suzanne, and daughter Olivia. A few weeks ago, they drove up to Paradise, California, which was literally wiped out in 2018 by a massive wildfire. More than 19,000 homes were burned to the ground. Imagine that, 19,000 homes. I mean, I mean imagine half of Torrance, literally I mean, you have to go a long ways in Torrance to, to get to 19,000 homes. That's how many homes were wiped out by this fire. And so this group of folks from our church gave up a week of their lives to go up there to build, help build some homes for some families who lost everything. And then, get this, this is crazy. When two ladies at another church, Pam Fong and Lauren Liu, they attended a church in San Gabriel Valley, Evergreen Baptist Church, when they heard that our team was gonna be going up there They said, well, they gotta eat, don't they? So let's go up there and we'll feed them. And even though they didn't know anyone on our team, they drove up on their own to paradise, met them, found them what church they were staying at, met them at the church, and they decided to kick up the dust and they cooked every single meal for our team. Isn't that amazing? I understand they're gonna be here at the 11 o'clock service today. And here's the entire team, all of them, just kicking up the dust, meeting a need. Do you have this gift, the gift of serving? The second gift in this category is giving. It's the giving gift. And I'll put the NIV, it's found in Romans 12:8, but I want to put the NIV translation up here for you. It says, if it is to encourage and give encouragement, if it is giving, then give generously. And notice that word giving here. It's the Greek word didomai, didomai. But this is a compound word. It's a compound word, and it's not just didomai. It's didomai. And when you add the meta to it, it means super, So the word actually means, and it doesn't say it here, it just says giving, but it it really should read super giving. Super giving. See, every Christ follower ought to give. We all ought to be generous and we all ought to give to to others, right? But God has given some people the special gift of super giving. They're willing to give over and above what they have. They just have the biggest hearts. And when I think of the gift of super giving, I, I, I thought about Hiram and Janet Hironaka who were here last night. Like Pam and Lauren, Hiram loves to cook. And even though he's in his eighties, he's constantly slaving in front of a stove, making food, not to make money because he used to own a rush not to make money, but to make food, to give away to people. On Friday night, he shows up here and he makes food for those who attend the ukulele ministry, makes you want to go to the ukulele ministry, right? Just to get his food. This week he made a hundred dinner plates for our VBS volunteers. Gave it, just made all this food and donated it to, to us out of the goodness of his heart. See, so he just saw a need and he met it. Kicked up the dust, saw a need and he met it. And if you ask Hiram and Janet why they give so much, I think they'll tell you it's because they're, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And the more they give, the more blessed they are. They have the gift of super giving. Do you have that gift? The third gift on this list is leading or Leadership. It's also found in Romans 12.8. But the gift of leadership is the ability to make things happen, to get people moving, to mobilize them, and to, make, to accomplish a task. When I think of this gift, I think of Lillian Yoshimura. For years, she served as our Kids Crew director. This was after she retired from her regular job as a teacher. And then she took on the responsibility of leading our Kids Crew ministry. And under her leadership, Kids Crew ministry just blew up. And we had so many kids, we didn't know what to do with them. And after she retired from that a couple of years ago, we asked her to lead the women's ministry because we lost our leader. Darlene Romero went home to be with the Lord and, and she now leads the women's ministry. And this ministry has just thrived under her leadership. And now, you know, and, and she's, not only does she get things done, but Lillian has a way about her that when she asks you to do something, you just can't say no. Right, she has a way about it. Look at that face, right? Just that and so next I've decided that every time I next time I need a favor, I'm gonna ask her to ask you. Because I know when I ask someone if to do me a favor, they'll say, No, sorry, I can't do it, I'm too busy. Right? But if she asks you, you can't say no. Right? She is a leader. Fourth gift in this category is mercy. This gift applies to people who have an extraordinary amount of compassion. They're just predisposed to people who are hurting and people who are in misery and people who are down and out and people who are going through hard times. And when I think of this gift, I think of Annie Mason. Annie Mason's got such a big heart. She's always out there on the streets, reaching out to the homeless. She regularly visits the local nursing home just to chat and pray with the shut-ins. She says, Pastor Gary, did you know that some people don't ever get any visitors? They haven't even seen their families. And so she goes there and she'll just sit with them and just talk to them and read the Bible to them and pray for them. She's got the gift of mercy. She just loves people. Fifth spiritual gift is uh, in the serving category is faith. It is faith. Now everyone has faith, right? You all have faith, but God gives some people an extra, an extra dose of faith an extraordinary amount of faith. And they have the, the ability to believe above and beyond what most people believe about God. Like Sir Francis, he has the gift of faith. When doctors told him that that huge mass on his neck a couple years ago was cancer, Sir Francis wasn't worried at all. He said, God's got this, and I know God's gonna heal me. When I got cancer, I thought, okay, this might be the beginning of the end for me. That's what I thought. But he said, Oh, no problem. Because my God is big. And when the, doctors were, when, he, when the doctors told him that cancer was gone, they said to him, "Oh, well, we can't believe it. And Sir Francis was thinking, why don't you believe it? Oh, you have a great God, right? He can do anything. People, he has great faith. And um, people with great faith exercise their faith by praying for others. Not only does he have great faith, Suna Yang sitting right here, she has great faith. Donna and Ernie Mays have great faith. And these are the folks you want, people on our prayer team, they have great faith. So if you need prayer, go to these folks. Sometimes they're standing on the wall after the service or they'll be next to the connect station under a little sign that says need prayer. Go to them and they will pray for them because they believe that God can do anything. They believe that nothing is too hard for God, that nothing is impossible for God. The sixth gift is helping. I mentioned this in uh, it's mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, 28 again, the gift of helps, the word help. And uh, in, as in, uh, a general term for serving the Lord in the church and it, it can refer to any type of serving um, like cleaning or making someone dinner or painting someone's house or giving someone a ride or sweeping the floor or or putting away chairs or cleaning the toilet or showing someone their seat or coming to the aid of someone who is sick or mowing someone's lawn or reading a story to a kid. You know, our church is full of people with this gift like Gwen Story, who's here this morning. I saw her the other day, wiping down tables before uh, an event started, or Willie Basilio pounding nails in Mexico, or Eileen Watson looking out for kids, or like the more than 150 VBS volunteers who showed up at church every night this week. And before we got started, they would get on their knees to pray for your kids. They'd pray for your kids, that God would bless them. That's amazing. Finally, the last gift on this list is administration. The Greek word for administration is really fascinating. Kubernetes, and then first is someone who pilots or steers a ship, isn't that great? Someone who pilots or steers a ship. You never get that from reading the English on this. That's why I like to look at the Greek. And uh, this is someone who has the ability to organize. Someone has the ability to think you know, very analytically. Someone who has the ability to lead the affairs of the church. And this is such an important gift because there's so much more to church than you just showing up here on a Sunday morning. There's so many things that are going on constantly. I and mean, all the folks that make this place work, they probably have the gift of administration. I don't know if you know that, but there's even, a, there's even some, Jay was back here playing the drums, but you can't see it, but they're making sure that he can see over here and he can see the worship leader and he's got a tablet there. And This gift is so important. And um, they keep things running. And so... These are the serving gifts, serving, giving, leading, mercy, faith, helping, and administration. Which gift do you have? If you don't know what your gift is, ask God to show you what it is. Ask him to show you what it is, and then begin using it so so that others will be blessed by it. Let me close with this story. Long time ago, someone gave me this Safeway gift card. I don't know if you can see it in my hand, I'll put it up here for you if you can't see it. Someone gave me a Safeway gift card and it it was years ago and I don't even remember who gave it to me, but I've had it. I keep a stack of gift cards, you know, and I keep it with me. And sometimes I'll have it in my car. Sometimes I'll take it with me thinking that, Oh, if I go to this store, I have to use, I've got a gift card. I can use the gift card. And well, unfortunately I've never used it because I haven't found a Safeway in Southern California in years. There used to be Safeway stores in Southern California, but not anymore. But I still have the gift card. Well, when I was up at Mount Hermon in Santa Cruz a couple weeks ago, after I got there, I said, you know, I'm gonna be there for a whole week, right? So I thought, oh, I need some water. So I, I checked the Google Maps and said, take me to the, lowest, lo, lo, the closest market, took me to a Safeway. So I went to Safeway and bought some water, paid for it with my debit card. And then I went back and a day or two later, I said, hey, I, I, I gotta get some fruits because I love some, I love eating fruits, I eat fruits every single day. Right? So I went, went back to Safeway and I bought some fruits, paid it with my debit card and walked out. And then a few days later, I started to run out of snacks. I said, I need some snacks, so I'm gonna go to Safeway. I went to Safeway, bought some snacks. And as I was walking out, I was thinking, you know what, I think I have a Safeway gift card, right? And I happened to have the stack with me, so I went to check the stack and sure enough, I found the Safeway gift card and I thought, man, what a dummy, I've had the Safeway gift card, but I didn't use it at all for all these purchases. So I thought, okay, the next time I go back, I'm gonna to have to use my Safeway gift card. Well, guess what? I never went back, <laughs> never went back to Safeway. So I still have this unused Safeway gift card, even to this day, and for all intents and purposes, it's worthless. It's just a piece of plastic. I mean, what good is a gift card if you don't use it? Right, what good is it? It's not any good. Did you know that according to a website called bankrate.com, there are approximately $15 billion in gift cards out there that have never been used. Bankrate said that more than half, one half of all adults have unused gift cards. How many of you have unused gift cards, right? You can just give them to me, right? <laughs> no, don't give them to me cause I won't use them. I won't use them, right? But what a shame, right? What a shame that we have all this money, maybe sitting in our wallet or sitting in our purse or sitting in the desk at the office, What a shame. But you know what a greater shame is? A greater shame is that there are tens of thousands, if not millions, of Christ followers who have unused spiritual gifts. They've never used their gift. Their spiritual gift sits dormant in their life and it benefits absolutely no one. No one. Please don't let your spiritual gift go to waste. Please don't let your spiritual gift go unused. The world is getting darker by the minute, by the minute. Things have never been as bad as they are today. And to be honest with you, the only hope that this world has is what we have to offer it. But if the spiritual gift that God has given you remains unused, well, then there is no hope. But if we use our gifts, if we use our gifts, we can change lives of people in Uganda, and we can change the lives of people in Paradise, California, and we can change the lives of kids and families right here in our own backyard. And, and you know what What I love about VBS, what I love about Mount Hermon is that when you see everyone come together like that, there's nothing like the church when it fires on all cylinders. There's nothing like the church. So church, let's be the church not just during VBS week or not just at a retreat, but every single day and every single week. Discover your gift and go out there and use it to bless others. Amen? Amen. All right, let's close our time in prayer. Father, thank you so much. What a incredible and great God you are you you knew everything that would be happening in the world today and you put us here for such a time as this you allowed us to be living in this year 2022 and it, you gave us the gift of your holy spirit and with him you gave us each of us at least one spiritual gift which we can use to make a difference in this world. Father, I pray that you would fire up the church. I pray that you would get our church and every other church to fire on all cylinders and get every single person in the church to discover and use their gifts on a daily basis so that we can bring about change in this world. Because Lord, If we don't do something about what's going on in the world today, this is all gonna end very, very badly and there will be no hope. So in a lot of ways, Lord, we are the hope of the world. So equip us with the gospel. Let us use our gifts and go out there and make a difference for you to bring glory and honor to you. So thank you, Father. Thanks for the church. Now send us out. Use us and bless us. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen.